Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So, Jane, I am fascinated by how stuff works, like like how things happen and, and how uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Sure. That I just find it to be absolutely fascinating. So Friday is the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Um, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama live in the White House. And I, I'm fascinated how you make that transition. I, I've actually I saw this video. It's in, real interesting because all their furniture is there. They don't pack. They do not. What happens? Maybe this, this, what happens is the, in this case, the Trumps yes. go to have like coffee or tea or something with the Obamas at the White House. That's the tradition. Like at eleven o'clock in the morning or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Eastern time. Um, all the Obama stuff is still there. I mean, it's like they don't pack. They don't do anything. It, it's all there. It's their house. And so they have coffee or tea, and then they get in the limousines, and they drive to the inaugurations. And when the Trumps come back four and a half hours later, all the Obama stuff is gone, and all the Trump stuff is in. And I was I was reading this story. Actually, USA Today had this thing. They're like an army. They've been planning this for months and there's literally literally an army of people who the minute the obamas walk out the door with the trumps an an army who just whisks they pack up all the obama stuff and get it out and they get all the trump stuff in and apparently they've like like tagged all the for the trump stuff where the rugs go and where all but it's like this army of people they do this complete move in four hours wow yeah it's just and 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 it, the way it's always been, and they've got the same guy that, that's done this, and they've got the White House staff, and this this entire army of people. So it's like literally, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. So H- Hondo points out it took him and his wife a month to move into their house. Well, well you need you need three hundred guys in a truck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, but it's just, and they've got like these retired military guys, and it's apparently organized with the provision that, with like like the landing of D Day. I mean, it's like okay, this this is all the stuff, and and they're very clear. They say, well, we don't want. President Obama and his wife, and this is no different with the Bush. It's not a political thing. And it's their house until the inauguration, until actually the, the successor is sworn in. So we don't, when they wake up Friday morning, we don't want them to feel that they're being put out. I mean, it is their house. And so it stays there. I just, I would love to see, just to, to see a film of that as to how you. And you the, do this. Well, and the diagrams, and I'm sure they have already figured out how they're going to be loading up the trucks and all those things. You right. know, there have to be schematics for those kinds of things, too. Right. And, it, and like, apparently, like, I'm, I'm looking at all the furniture, the, the, the Trump incoming furniture, wherever that is now. It's all marked as to exact, I mean, precisely where it goes. This is going to be the rug in right. this bathroom. It's, it's just it, it's just absolutely fascinating that the story says the White House becomes a beehive Um all hands on deck, execution of an intricately planned and timed move that would put HDTV flip shows to shame. Um, just and, and but they don't even pack. That's what it's amazing to me. They don't. They don't. They don't pack. I think we just found the one area where government actually works. Could <laughs> <laughs> be. I don't. I don't. It's just thanks. It's just. It's just kind of like one of these like intriguing things. And I because I was wondering. Okay, let's face it. For for most of us, I mean, my. I hope I'm not telling tales out of school. My very best friend, you know, mo- you know, moved back here from Pennsylvania with his wife, um, and they're, you know, and they've they've been in the process of unpacking and moving and stuff. And you know, he had an apartment here, and I don't, I think they're still 
they brought most of the stuff over, but there's still things there. But I guess if you are going to be the president-elect and you've got this army, but it, it all happens. I mean, there's there's nothing that's packed up. It happens in that space of time between, you know, when the president-elect and the current president leave to head for the inauguration and the time the inauguration is over. Just absolutely amazing. Speaking of the inauguration, uh, we, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, a number of prominent Democrats are, are saying that they are going to boycott the inauguration. Some are Again, some are prominent, and then you've got some of the less prominent, like Congressman Mark Pocan out of Madison. They're saying, well, we're, we're, we're not going to go. We don't recognize Donald Trump as being a legitimate president, so we're, we're, we're not going to attend. Um, over the weekend, a, a Broadway star, her name is Jennifer Holliday, um, she was going to be perform. She's, um, she's in Dreamgirls, um, and she was slated to sing at the inauguration ceremony on, on Friday. She had agreed to do this. Um, apparently, but after the word came out that you know she was going to be performing, she was getting all sorts of pressure from the LGBT community and others who were upset with her that she would have the audacity to perform you know a song at the you know inauguration of of Donald Trump. So she says, I, I just I, I had no choice. You know, I was getting all this pressure. I I, I backed off. So you have people who are urging performers not to perform you have politicians who are deciding you know we we are not going to show up because we think he is not a legitimate president 414-799-1620 800-877-1620 that's the acunet mortgage toll-free talk line is this an act of principle or is this the act of a bunch of petulant children 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, I guess n- nothing says you have to attend particular events, but the decision that's being made isn't being made because, gee, you know, I- I've got something else to do. It's being made because we don't like Donald Trump, and so we don't we don't agree with him being elected. We don't think he's legitimate, so we're not going to show your reaction to that, does that strike you as something that responsible, mature elected officials do as matter of principle, or is it just a bunch of child, childlike and childish people who um, don't like the fact that their ball has been taken and they want to go home? We discuss next. 115, Jeff Wagner, uh, 115, 1115, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1118, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay. U.S. Congressman Mark Pocan, who's sort of a backbencher out in Madison, um, you know, he he says he's he's skipping the inauguration on Friday, uh, not because he's got other things to do, but because he doesn't like Donald Trump. I think it's time for Donald Trump to start acting like President Trump, not an immature, undignified reality star with questionable friends and a Twitter addiction. I hope for better, but I will not hold my breath. In other words, I don't like him. I'm not going to go. And Pocan is a group of a, a handful of Democrats who are taking that position is this a principled objection, or is this just petty childishness? Judy in Menominee Falls. Judy, good morning. Good morning. What do you think? Um, they're all children. I swear to God, the country keeps saying over and over they want peace. People want to be able to come together and have peace, regardless of race or whatever. But you've got all these politicians 
And then not only that, to make matters worse, you've got the media like George Stephanopoulos, which I cannot pretty much no longer watch. Or have you turned on the dude on Channel 12 after the 10 o'clock news or 10.30 <laughs> news? I don't know, Fallon or whatever. News. Every single night his monologue is about Trump. Right. So, you know, every night. I can't right. even watch it anymore. Right. But, but at least that's, okay, I mean, thanks, at least that's the Hollywood left, okay? Now, and I understand, you know, that, that that's the sort of entertainment thing. I happen to think it's going to get old. And again, I, if you're a regular listener, you know I had issues with Donald Trump. But this idea that we're not going to show up, oh, because, you know, we don't like the fact that he's doing this or that. You're exactly right, Judy. I mean, I thought we were in this can't-we-all-get-along um, role. Frank and Racine. Frank, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Thanks Frank. for taking my call. Sure. I, my perspective is that they're being childish, but I'm wondering if the if the situation was reversed. <laughs> but if Hillary was elected and the Republicans did this, oh my God, boycotted, you... and I think the Democrats. Would be doing cartwheels. They'd be screaming. Their hair would stand on end. Oh, right, and it would be right, and, and there would be editorial pages from the local newspaper to the New York Times denouncing the petty and small Republicans who, you know, refuse to recognize the result of the election and embrace Hillary Clinton. You are exactly. Right. Let's take it one step further, Frank. Imagine if Republicans, back when Barack Obama was elected in two thousand eight or reelected in two thousand twelve, imagine if they, on the same flip reasons decided, well, we don't think it's a legitimate presidency. We're not going to show up. Oh, can you see the headlines? Racist Republicans refuse oh. to. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a witch hunt. Yeah. Oh. You know, it would have been deplorable. Right. Yes. Yes. Just it would, like the Democrats' behavior is now. It would be deplorable. a right. Put them in. Thanks for call. Put them in the basket of deplorables. And again, see, look, I understand. There's nothing that says that you have to go to the inauguration, and maybe you got all sorts of other stuff that you want to do. And I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like in D.C. on Friday, but but th- this idea, but. They are claiming this is a badge of honor. We are not going to go because we don't like Donald Trump. We don't think he's going to be presidential. That, to me, I mean, it just it's petty. It is childish. And it, it might be why you are backbenchers if you are taking that particular attitude. Dave in Janesville. Dave, you're on 620 WTMJ. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Dave. Joe. I could not agree more. You said what I was going to say if- Barack Obama, and it was a bunch of Republicans, but to to all this whining and crying and backbiting and and gnashing of teeth, and and to pressure this poor girl not to sing, when she probably would have been good for her career, I guess. You know, to to do all this, I've never seen this or heard such a bunch of whine bags in my whole (laughs) life. I, I didn't really vote for Trump, but I mean, I'm sitting back seeing who he puts on his cabinet, and I'm thinking, well, just Let's just see what happens. Why, why, why make all these dire predictions? You know. Well, well right. See, I, and, and that's that's kind of the position I'm in. I, I, I am, I am not sorry that Hillary Clinton lost. I, I, I'm not. I have some reservations about Donald Trump, but. I, I will criticize him when I think it's appropriate, and when I think he deserves an attaboy for doing the right thing, I'll, I will, I will do that. But this attitude that, well, he's not legitimate, or you know, we don't like him, or this or that or the other thing. Well, okay, get over yourself, for goodness sakes. Well, and just because the man's got money, that doesn't mean he's a bad person either. Um, well, right. Thank, now, and again, I he might be a bad person. I don't. I you know, I I don't know. And I, I look, I I'm. I'm one of these guys that cringed at I, I cringed at uh, some of the stuff he did during the campaign. Oh, Ted Cruz's father. I, you know, we could go through all that stuff. But the bottom line is, the American people have the American people have 
have decided. He won the election. He is the legitimately elected president of the United States. And you would think that whether it's the guy out in, you know, Madison or whatever, you would think that if you want to be part of the loyal opposition, that that's great, but you would think that we would all want to have the country succeed. I, I'm just saying. And this pettiness that I'm not going to go to the inauguration because I don't like him, well, uh, again, all right, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Let's talk to uh, Phil in Delafield. Phil, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. I think the best thing we can do for the country, whether you like them or hate them, give them a chance. Mm -hmm. Let's rise above it. Let's show that we as a people are at least willing. I know people on the far left that are saying, you know what? He might have some ideas that we actually talked about. Now, if he produces those ideas and destroyed the partisanship we had, like when Obama was in, like everything he does was going to fail because we're going to make it fail. We can really move ahead. If partisanship is leadership, then I'm in the wrong country. <laughs> well, you know, the, the interesting thing, Mike, and I, I will tell you why, uh, Phil, I'm sorry. The interesting thing, Phil, is I mean, one of the reservations that I've had about Donald Trump all along is I, I am not convinced that he is a conservative. I mean, a lot of the stuff he's talked about, you know, over the years has not been consistent with the type of conservatism that I grew up with. We're not going to touch entitlement programs, all, all those types of things. Now, again, you know, a, a lot of the, the trade war stuff, that's not necessarily typical conservative stuff. Now, I do think that what happens is the more pushback and and this is if i think if you go into the psychological studies the more pushback he gets from the the lunatic left i think the more that's going to drive him away from wanting to do anything that the, the lunatic left might agree with but uh, again okay it's the inauguration if you don't want to go don't go. I, I get that. But this idea that here we're going to be proud of ourselves, we're going to make a stand, like I say, get over yourselves. 1126, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Eleven twenty-eight, Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. Friday marks this country's next presidential inauguration. The guys on WTMJ today take you behind the scenes of all the pomp, planning, and pageantry at one oh seven tomorrow afternoon. I, I have to admit, there, there's there's some stories out there that just make me kind of roll my eyes and laugh. The, the local media has gotten all worked up over the fact that on a couple of the state websites. References to global warming have either been removed or changed. Oh, this is terrible. The latest is the Public Service Commission. Apparently, well, here's the way the story in the local paper reads. In addition to the, Dem the Department of Natural Resources, a second state agency has scrubbed information on global warming from its website. For years, this Public Service Commission featured material devoted to climate change, including strategies designed to reduce Wisconsin's reliance on coal. Then, sometime after May 1st, the agency eliminated its global warming web page. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel discovered the change while reviewing archived web pages of the DNR and the PSC. Okay, well, here, so the PSC says, now here's what happened. Um, we update our web pages like all the time. Like I would imagine any good business would, would do. And they say, you know, we, we had all this stuff that's been up there for years and years. And yes, you know, it was recommended back in 2014 that this stuff that we had up on global warming that goes back several years before that, yes, it was recommended that since it's been up there forever, maybe it's time to update the web page. And yes, 
move it along to the archives. So you know what? We moved it along to the archives. And so that's now, again, I, I understand that you've got all these people that are out there saying, oh, they're just trying to deny climate change. And of course, the, you know, the, the state's position is through uh, Governor Walker. Well, there, there's a lot of things, you know, going on. And this is a matter that's being studied. But yes, it is true that they removed this stuff that had been up there for years and years on the website, just like you would think any good business would do, including like the local newspaper that probably should be reviewing its website on a semi-regular basis. And if they find stuff that's been up there for years and years, maybe maybe it's time to retire that. But yet we find a conspiracy. Go figure. Eleven thirty-four. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. Following a thrilling finish in Dallas. No kidding. The Packers are one win away from the Super Bowl. Do they have another playoff win in them? Greg Matzik opens the discussion on Sports Central starting at six oh seven this evening. All right. This is this might be a microcosm of what we're going to be looking at. But of course, in Milwaukee, we have Tom's Trolley Folly. This idea that we're going to build the, what, 1.9-mile streetcar loop that goes essentially nowhere, and we'll be spending you know, tens of millions of dollars on this. And, of course, you've got you know, Tom Barrett's grand plan. His legacy is we're going to take this uh, 19th, early 20th century technology, and we're going to build streetcars, and we're going to drive them all. We're going to have them all over, and people will, will force people out of their cars. I mean, it is completely delusional. As well as, number one, it's not going to work. Number two, people aren't going to ride it. Number three, the costs are going to be huge. Now, I, I throw this out because, again, I understand in some respects it's apples and oranges. But California, which is, of course, in many cases, it is the nesting ground of every bad idea. I have always believed that if you took a map of the United States and put marbles all over it, and you kind of like shook it up, every loose marble would roll to California. A couple would stop in Madison, but most of them would roll to California. Because if you want to talk about bad ideas, this is the place of bad ideas. Well, California, now I understand a bullet train is different than a trolley, but at least a bullet train takes people somewhere where they might want to go, and it takes them there quickly. Um, Tom's trolley doesn't take... Tom's trolley isn't fast, and it doesn't take people anywhere they want to go. Well, anyhow, California, grand scheme, they are going to build this this bullet train um, that is going to carry people around at high speed. Well, there's a new assessment that's out there. California's bullet train could cost taxpayers 50% more than estimated. As much as 3.6 B as in billion dollars more. And that's just for the first 118 miles through the Central Valley, which was supposed to be the easiest part of the route between Los Angeles and San Francisco. Again, the idea was, okay, we're going to have this high-speed train that runs from our two major population centers, L.A., up to San Francisco. The, the easy stretch is through, like, the Central Valley and they're already saying they're looking at cost overruns of about 3.6 billion. A confidential Federal Railroad Administration risk analysis projects that building bridges, viaduct, trenches, and track um, from this area just north of Bakersfield could cost about $10 billion compared with the original budget of $6.4 billion. Uh, the federal document outlines far-reaching management problems, significant delays in environmental planning, lags in processing invoices for federal grants, and continuing failures to acquire the needed
needed uh, property. The California High-Speed Rail Authority, that's a euphemism, I guess, originally anticipated completing the Central Valley track by this year, but now they say it's not going to happen for at least another seven years. And that's just for the first phase. Now, again, I understand it's California. I understand a streetcar that goes in a 1.9-mile loop is different than a bullet train. But if you think that the streetcar loop, the streetcar that essentially goes nowhere, if you think that that's not going to be affected by cost overruns and by delays, um, I, I think you're probably smoking something. Now, I understand that Tom Barrett, that he wants this to be his legacy. I understand that we have – this is completely – the, what's going on in the city of Milwaukee right now is like the old fable about like the emperor who has new cl- no clothes. You know, whether it's here, let's tear up Blue Mound Road and Wisconsin Avenue and put in a high speed bus lane because we're going to get 9,000 more people to ride it every day. I mean, that's people in Milwaukee County. That's people in Milwaukee City. That's people in Wauwatosa, including their mayor, who are just being completely delusional. And nobody's willing to call them on it except on programs like this. Uh, Barrett's trolley. It is the same sort of stuff. I'm not anti-mass transit, but these proposals are absolutely nuts. And even in proposals like a bullet train that at least theoretically makes sense, at least it takes people quickly between major population hubs, and I can understand where people would want to ride it, even that can't be done on time and on budget. And that's something that people want. I'm telling you, whether it's Tom's Trolley Folly or whether it's this high-speed bus lane, yeah, pay attention. I come this way but once. These are disastrous ideas that future generations of Milwaukeeans will be just shaking their heads at, going, why did people think that this was a good idea? It is 1140. When we come back, Donald Trump starts his first 100 days on Friday. Stick around. It's 1140, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1143, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. You know the guys on the field, but what about the man in charge? charge? What led Pracker President Mark Murphy to Green Bay? How much longer will he stay in the front office? Hear from the president during Packers one-on-one with Greg Matzik, Tuesday at 6.07, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, New Generation RV, and Sound Decisions of Racine. All right. Some people refuse to accept the Trump presidency as legitimate, whatever that means. Some members of Congress have decided they're going to boycott it because, well, they're going to take their balls and go home. We're not going to, if he doesn't want to play, all right, we're going to take the balls. We're going to collectively, we're going home and we're going to just, you know, we're not going to play. We're going to deal with this. So that's the situation. But the reality is, come Friday, Donald Trump will be the president of the United States. Historically, the first 100 days has been an important measuring stick for the success of a presidency because a lot of times there is sort of a presidential honeymoon. Now, the truth is there's not much of a honeymoon in this particular case. Donald Trump comes in with flagging poll numbers, but still he comes in with a Republican Congress, uh, working majorities in both. So here's the question. First 100 days, what should be Donald Trump's top priority? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. He's got, I mean, obviously, you've got a four-year term, and you don't have to rush things particularly, but typically... 
The beginning of the term is when you get a lot of stuff accomplished. So what do you think, what would you like to see the top priority be of the Trump administration? Is it appointing a new Supreme Court justice? Is it repealing and replacing Obamacare with with something else? Is it tax relief? What does the priority need to be? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. He's got this narrow window of opportunity, I, I think, where you know people, even the detractors. And look, the reality here is Donald Trump has a number of detractors, and the reality is that there's a lot of people who aren't going to cut him any slack. He's not going to be able to do anything that is going to satisfy some people. That is very, very clear. But at the same time, you know, he's got this opportunity, and he's got a chance to accomplish things. So what do you think needs to be the top priority? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. A lot of different stuff to pick and choose from, but where do you start? All right, we're going to start with Ralph in Sussex. Ralph, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Yeah, I think it's Obamacare. Repeal, replace... Do something, huh? Yes, I really do, because I think he said that. You know, a lot of people don't like Trump, but I don't know why, because he's got a lot of, when he had his first uh, conference or his first news conference last week, yep. Yep, and it was very good. He said, first of all, I like the thing that he said. Well, CNN would disagree with you, but I understand exactly what your point is. Yeah, yeah. He was he was saying like I'm leaving all my company to my my sons, and and he got his lawyer up there and he did really good job. I don't know why people don't like him, but I do. And okay, I think well, he's I a mean, really good guy. Yeah, well, thank, well, see, I I mean, a lot of people don't like him um, because of his abrasive personality. A lot of people don't think he's very presidential. I get all that. At the same time. Again, I want to root for this country, and I want him to succeed. There's a lot of people who don't want to see that happen and, you know, from the beginning are going to be designed to try to engineer, you know, his failure. So you say Obamacare. Okay, 414-799-1620. Let's talk to uh, George in Shorewood. George, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Yes, I think first priority is rescind a lot of these executive orders. Second would be then to repeal and uh, replace Obamacare. And third would be to address the uh, sanctuary city border control problems that uh, we have by defunding them. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're right on executive orders. Um, Barack Obama, in an effort to try to, you know, continue his legacy or whatever, I think has been taking some unprecedented steps as far as trying to put people in place that are going to be difficult to get rid of and put policies in place that are going to be difficult to get rid of. That's where I would start. You know, the things that you can just simply with a you know with a pen repeal get rid of eliminate i'd be doing that um because you know candidly i think one of the problems in the obama administration has been he, he's acted in some cases more like a king than a president and i'd like to see trump undo a lot of that stuff i think you're right jeff yeah thanks for calling yeah and again uh, you know obamacare is a more difficult thing you know we we've talked about this before because the truth is as much of a disaster as obamacare has been in certain areas you know no 
You know, yes, it was it was a big lie. If you liked your health plan, you could keep it. No, that's not true. If you liked your doctor, you could keep him or her. No, that that's not true. We're going to see, you know, health care costs decrease. Premiums are going to go down by $2,500 or whatever the number was. No, none of that stuff is true. It hasn't worked out that way. At the same time, I mean, there are aspects of Obamacare which have become extremely popular. So it's... It is. I agree with uh, Ron Johnson. It's. It is a complicated thing as to how you undo this whole thing. Dave in Milwaukee. Dave, you're on six twenty WTMJ. What do you would you like to see in the first hundred days? Um, I'd like to see Obamacare go on. What I think they should do is just give people a year or two to get off Obamacare, like they did for them to get on it. Right. 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 And would you re- would you have the government replace it with anything though? No, just um, the free free market insurance. I think all our premiums would go down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, right. Thanks. I mean, I guess you'd have to, you know, I, I think there's things you could do, like allowing you know, insurance companies to sell, you know, policies across state lines. You'd still need to do something to help help people with pre-existing conditions, like high risk pools and things like that. Um, it, it. I acknowledge. It is complex. And by the way, before Obamacare was passed, I'm one of the people that acknowledged that there were problems with the existing insurance system. The idea, you know, pre-existing illnesses being one of them. The idea that you could have worked for a company for 25 years, had insurance through the company, lost your job and lost your health insurance, and then let's say a year before you lose your job, you're diagnosed with some catastrophic disease, some form of cancer or whatever, and then now because of the pre-existing illness, you can't figure out a way to get affordable insurance. I acknowledge that those are all issues and they're all things that have to be worked through. I think from priorities, first of all, you start with the easy stuff. You start with the low-hanging fruit, like one of our callers was talking about. You look at a lot of these executive orders, which I think in many cases are are very, very anti-business and very, very destructive to the economy. You start getting rid of those, the things that you can do easily, and then you kind of ratchet it up to the more difficult things. Um, Obamacare is going to be a difficult one, but the truth is Republicans have been running on repealing Obamacare for the last six years. You've got to do something. I think that's the expectation that the public has. It's 1152, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1154, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, love him or hate him. There, There is an example, you know, comes out over the weekend where David Clark just completely and totally got it wrong. Uh, Journal Sentinel had this story. Uh, now, in fairness to the sheriff, and I guess I hadn't realized this, his uncle was a wide receiver and a tight end that played for the Dallas Cowboys in the 1960s. Um, he set franchise records for most consecutive games with touchdown receptions. So, I mean, Sheriff Clark, I mean, one of the reasons he says he wears the cowboy hat and boots is in honor of his uncle's football career, and I can respect that. Uh, this was interesting. Apparently, um, he ended up, Doing an interview, the National Rifle Association, NRA TV, posted a video of an interview with Clark and their host, uh, Grant Stinchfield. And they got to talk in football. David Clark predicted a victory by Dallas on Sunday. 
big-time cowboy fan, he said of himself. How about them cowboys? Sheriff apparently went on to say the cowboys are going to win. They match up better. They're physically stronger than the Green Bay Packers. It'll be a good game. Cowboys are going to win. And then NRA TV tweets out, America's sheriff is supporting America's team. Well, now, here's the problem. David Clark may very well be America's sheriff, but I reject this notion that the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. I think the Green Bay Packers are America's team. And here's my other comment. You know, you, you, like I say, I think David Clark is right on the money on a lot of stuff. But here, here's the sort of lesson. If you're traveling to Las Vegas with David Clark and he wants to make predictions about football, my advice is go the other way. And it sounds like you will probably be right. I mean, because, again, regardless of what you think about policies and stuff, when it comes to looking into a crystal ball and predicting winners of big football games, David Clark comes up a little bit short. He predicted the Cowboys, and I understand it's probably his heart not talking, not his head talking. And I appreciate, you know, you've got family members. But seriously, how can you pick against the Green Bay Packers? How can you pick against Aaron Rodgers? And lest you think I am too much of a homer in this regard, um, just look at what ended up happening. Great game, but at the end of the day, Packers rule, Cowboys lose. Sorry, Sheriff Clark, but in this particular case, you were about as wrong as wrong could be. From the world of political correctness, run amok. Remember a year or two ago, there was this whole controversy. There was this sculpture in Shorewood that was on on the lakefront at, at one of the parks in Shorewood right on Lake Drive. And you had somebody... Some guy who went out, and the sculpture was all these random letters. And what the guy did was he took these pictures and he started to, like, try to connect these random letters in various fashions and then decided, well, if you connect some of these letters in certain ways, you come out with anti-Semitic sayings. And, of course, this was this was just silly. But the controversy goes out there, and then they have to rework it. It was silly. It was just a bunch of random letters, and you had some guy looking to try to create the, the story. He saw what he saw in it. I was thinking about that when I saw this story. There's this California shoe company that makes these these various boots. Um, it's the Conal International Trading uh, Company. And what happens is that they make, they make these lace-up boots. And apparently what goes on is the tread. Some people looked at the tread on the boots and they saw, well, the tread leaves a swastika imprint. And so they ended up getting all upset, and the company has now recalled the boots, having to apologize. To which I say, does anybody really think this company was trying to promote Nazi Germany? And when it comes to issues like this, aren't there more important things that are out there? Okay, I am just about out of town, out of time, out of time, going out of town later on this week. I am out of time. We've got um, WTMJ Conversations coming up that will take us up to the Bucks game this afternoon. So stick around. Lots of interesting things. I am back 8.30 tomorrow morning when we do this all again. It's 11.59. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Be safe on the roadways. Have a great Monday. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.